Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the one and only V the Gorilla Economist coming to you live with my main... Wait, CJ's not here again. <laughs> <laughs> my main man, El Cuco, is not here. He's uh, working the uh, CBD circuit, making sure that the oil is coming out nice and clean. You know what I mean. Uh, check him out over at MyCBDEdibles.com. MyCBDEdibles.com, the place for all the CBD edible goodness. The links are in the description box. I'm not going to bring it up and do the whole magic show that CJ does. Like, I can't do it like he does. But anyway, check him out. MyCBDEdibles.com. That is the place where you can go get your CBDs and help support the show. MyCBDEdibles.com. And also check us out. RogueNews.com. That is the nexus point, the jump-off point for all things geopolitical, geostrategic. Make that your news site that you get when you wake up in the morning. Uh, save it to your home screen and uh, check out Rogue News. Let it be one of those places you go to get your news and information from all things everywhere. Uh, joining us today, we have the one and only Crypto Cow, crypto cow Pronoun, because he no longer cannot call himself Crypto Cowboy. He is a uh, gender-neutral person. He's uh, very gender-fluid. And uh, Crypto, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Let's talk crypto. Yes. Yes, big boy. Yes. <laughs> Yes, bitch. I just, yes. I, I just finished my soy latte, and um, I kind of felt like it was my time of the month, so I decided to just do some charts. You know, you know, you know the the whole thing. The whole thing <laughs> about the modern. <laughs> the whole thing about the modern West. You know, men could have periods too. <laughs> right, and uh, can I be a birthing person? You could be a birthing person. Men could also give birth. It's a wonderful time to be alive. Well, and not that this is about crypto, but did you see that article where it was on Zero Hedge, where basically like some medical schools are stopping teaching biological gender? <laughs> this is where we've gotten to. You know, I, this morning I was just relaxing, and you know, you, you know, I'm like an old school comic book fan, right? I love the old school guys from like the '80s, the '90s, the early aughts when it was just great material. You had a lot of talent, amazing artists, phenomenal writers, you know. And I just learned that they just canceled. You know the the really good comic book writer. He wrote three hundred. He uh, he did the whole Batman, uh, Dark Knight stand. It was uh, Frank Miller. They canceled yeah. Frank Miller, dude. You know what they what? canceled, dude? They canceled him for something he wrote like over a decade ago. Okay, that had what to was do Batman. Like you know, well, he wasn't wearing his mask or something. Oh no no no! He came out with a graphic novel called uh, uh, Holy. Uh, Holy War, I think it was called, or Holy Vengeance, something like that, right? It, it's basically about a vigilante who goes out and kills a whole bunch of Al-Qaeda t- terrorist members. And that was enough to enrage these a bunch of woke lefties saying, this is like, this is a phobia. This is like xenophobia. And he shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have Frank Miller come. 
I mean, the, 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 the left-leaning libtards are ruining everything. They're just, like, massacring all talent. I think, you know, Frank Miller, should what he should do is just, you know, self-publish. I mean, this is this is just ridiculous, man. Everywhere you look. Now now you, you just brought up the whole topic with medical schools, right? Professor medical Professors in med- medical school are now afraid to, to say, hey, this cadaver is a male or a female. You know, they, they won't even say that anymore. And, and 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 I think you know Tucker Carlson said it best. You know it's cutesy wootsy when we're talking about a bunch of broke, you know, college kids, you know, throwing around gender pronouns and whatnot. It's cutesy wootsy when it's a Starbucks barista, but it's not so funny when your life is on the line. You're dealing with a medical professional, and it's imperative because medical science is imperative on the fact whether you are either male or female. It, it's just so stupid, bro. Well, if that's true, then if these medical uh, professors really believe that, then that completely will eliminate all sex change operations. Because how do you, where, where are you starting from? Is this a female or are we going to create a male? I mean, there's no sex. So there's no sex change operations. So all those dudes are out of business. <laughs> exactly. Why? <laughs> exactly correct, man. <laughs> yeah, because sex change operations are racist. It absolutely is. Just like, uh, uh, well, you know, math is racist, and 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 the crypto markets are racist too, man. You want to talk about the crypto markets? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, it's yeah, been an exciting. Let's see here. You know, I'm going to talk a bit about the charts. Just kind of yeah. keep it in that realm. Although I did have, uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier, and I was hoping you could enlighten me on on what I'm seeing coming out of the uh, the most recent infrastructure bill and things like that. Yeah. But uh, chart wise, I'm going to back up here. Remove all my my pretty drawings here. <clears throat> we'll go to the weekly chart. Make sure we are on the right ticker. Make this a little bit bigger. Okay, I'm not even uh, I'm not even screen shared right now, am I? This um, is probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. You, no, you're not screen shared right now. I gotta I gotta bring it yeah, up. I'm for gonna you. do that. I got it. Okay. Should be now. Yeah. No. I'm screen it. share. Oh, there we go. Okay. Want me to bring it up? Crypto crowd. Crypto cow pronoun in the house, dude. Crypto cow pronoun. All right. So what I've done here is um, just a quick, like, basic reminder. And I used to do this every time uh, when I did videos. But for those who are kind of new to charting or for those who might be, like, a little embarrassed that, oh, I don't, you know, really know what this means, whatever. All right. So. Don't be embarrassed. Each one of these bars is one week's worth of price action, right? So we're on the weekly interval, as you can see up here, the one W. So that's a week's worth of price action. On the right is the price. So that's, you know, the very, very basics. And I've rolled it back to sort of the beginning of 2021, end of 2020, because that's when sort of the new recent action happened. Um, Last year, my man uh, V, we were talking and he says, Hey, here's what's going to happen. Cause V you got those, those, uh, those higher level connections. You, yeah. you know, some real, real heads. Right. And in the summertime V is like right here, I'm putting that line where that, that dotted line is. I'm going to make that a little more visible, but V was saying like, Hey, okay. So, and we had a friend uh, we actually had a friend that, that was uh, buying a lot of crypto that uh, V was able to actually facilitate. And he said at the time, that the word was price was going to just kind of hover around 9,000, break 9K, and then it was going to just roll up. And look literally what happened. It broke in July. It, it dipped back down to retest in August, and it just rocketed up to like 64K. This is unbelievable. Um, and I believe that that person got their crypto um, it, it, below 10,000. So, yeah, you know, yeah. 
mazel tov, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was also like uh, newly minted crypto, which comes at a premium. Yep. Uh, so you can talk to my man V if you're interested in anything like that. But uh, to say here, we have this massive run up. Uh, Elon Musk is tweeting. You have all the stuff happen. And so without getting too far into the history of it, just to look at the structure, there was a massive run up to about, oh, 42,000. And, and 42,000 is an important number. So I'm going to actually mark that. Um, that was the first resistance. Price didn't really go too far back down. It never came back down to this kind of 20,000 level to retest. And it doesn't mean that it has to. It, generally, things tend to want to retest areas that, you know, they haven't seen before, but 20,000 is not a new number. So anyway, uh, price did finally rally up to 6,400. Um, I was telling my guys that I talked to when price was in the fifties, I'm like, Hey, I think price is actually going to roll back down to 42 and if not lower. And that was in the fifties. And of course that's when price did, uh, pretty much roll down all the way to like 30,000, 29. It's been hanging out there and now it's, uh, starting to, to head back up. So if we go ahead and zoom in to the daily chart where each one of these bars is a day's worth of price action, this was an interesting thing that happened. Um, to get a little into the nuts and bolts, price tends to like to range in an area and the leveraged traders will start to go long when price gets lower. And as they go long, they have stop losses. And like, let's just say right now, um, a lot of people went long, like right here, a lot of pronouns went long right here at about 29,000. <laughs> and so pronouns. these pronouns put their stop losses like <laughs> kind of down here, right? And uh, there's some pronouns went like down here. And so what that means is that to, to explain a stop loss is really, really simple. Um, a stop loss is a sell order, right? So if you're in a trade and you think price is going to go, look, let's just put a, a box here. Let's just say somebody entered a trade like right there. They're a pretty good trader, saw this coming. They entered a trade right here. Well, if price goes down, they're going to lose money. So they put what's called a stop loss in to get out of that trade before they lose their money, before they lose too much money. But their reward, this green part of the box, is a much bigger box. So the risk to reward is about two to one right there. So if it goes to their target, let's just say this was a target, then of course they're in profit. So this is how they do their trades. These losses down here, a stop loss is nothing more than a sell order. It's a market sell, right? So the big players, they have visibility on exchanges as to where liquidations are. And you guys like me who actually I'm not a big player by any means. Um, but well, compared to some people, they think I'm a big player, but I'm not a big player. But I do have visibility for liquidations across like all the major leverage exchanges. And so I know that there's a good chance that at some point right now, these are actually in here and in the current market, the liquidations are right in this area, say from 35,000 down to about 32. So there's a large block and the liquidations are um, where like people didn't use a stop loss, but there's like, they're just gonna liquidate and exchanges love those because they make a lot of money. Some people actually use stop losses. Stop losses will push the price down into liquidation. So to make it really simple, all your big players are gonna wanna push price down to this area. Now there's always that chance that the big players are done uh, doing all that and they want price to go up. And if that's the case, they're gonna push price up through this resistance right here at 42,000. So what the two, the two things that would happen are, and again, if you look here to make it clear that price is just range bound right here. So price is kind of like on the long term, more or less in this blue range. So 
either the uh, the people are ready, the big players are ready to have price go back up again, and price breaks through here, and then these liquidations and stop loss will disappear because people have taken profit, um, and then you'll have a new set of liquidity probably up in this area. So yeah. at this point, um, that it's just range bound, and you don't yeah. really know what's going to happen until price breaks that range up or down. Right. Uh, you know, V, uh, I think V, you said you're thinking, and you and I kind of had an agreement on this, and I'll zoom out, but about 24,000 um, based on this blip right here in structure, as I zoom out, so um, this like kind of on the way up this blip, that might be a place for price to fall to. Um, a lot of people are seeing 20,000, which is where we put this structure earlier. And the thing is, if everybody sees 20,000, then the smart money's not going to let it go there because everyone's going to sit there ready to load up the truck. Smart money's not going to let that happen. So they're actually going to probably front run it somewhere between 24 and 20 if price were to break down. If price broke up, then it's probably going to just you know range around here, maybe do another dip to scare people and keep moving up. So that's that's what I see, dude. That's what I got. Yeah. On the fundamental side, I was uh, talking to a few of my guys uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, that are on the institutional side of things. Th what I'm hearing from them is this. They're going to keep it kind of range locked. I said last week to a client of mine verbatim, I said, uh, expect to drop to 20. This was like last week or a week and a half ago before this whole drop happened. They're like, I'm like, I told them, expect a drop to like 28 and that's going to bounce around between 32 to 37 until the end of fall. Uh, at the end of fall, they're going to reassess. What's happening is that you have a lot more institutional players coming in, a lot more crypto uh, financial instruments. ETFs are being created. We just had a, a, a major fund just announce a $60 billion um, mutual fund that's all crypto-based that's coming out. See, Wall Street's coming out with all these crypto products, and the banks are involved in crypto products. And a lot of you people might look at this and be like, yeah, this is boring. What's, what's all this crypto talk? Let me explain to you how this fill, how this applies to the bigger geostrategic play western banks have never ever ever really you know divested themselves of their derivative debt they haven't okay they've been padding the books and they were able to pad the books by you know with the uh, the the t-bills the that were given to these insolvent banks as part of the tarp program that tarp was launched at the end of actually in 2008 in order to save these insolvent zombie institutions right so you have these yield starved banks and yield starved banks don't make money on loans they need to come out with creative derivative products in order for them to leverage and so a lot of these yield starved banks particularly from canada especially have been coming on board in the last several weeks so this crazy price action where you're seeing at like 28 and 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 uh, you know possible drops that are that are up ahead but what the latest intel from the from the from the institutional side they're going to keep it bouncing bouncing around between 32 to 37 which is a very wide range 32 to 37 they're gonna make a lot of money in the churn and then probably by the end of uh you know getting closer to the fall break out of uh, out of 42 and possibly test 48 uh by the fall um, that's the latest. If anything changes, uh, the next time crypto and I uh, are on discussing this, we'll definitely bring it up, man. But you know, crypto, man, thank you for the technicalities, brother. Oh, of course. And you know, V, I think you and I have been working together since uh, what 2018, early 2018 on crypto stuff. Was it 2018 and, or was it sooner? Or was it 2017? Something like that. Well, you and I personally have been working together since 2017. Yeah. Um, you know, but we we kind of we did our uh, some bigger things in 2018. 
Um, and I, I can say personally that like at least four out of five times uh, your sources are, are correct. And I'd say even four and a half out of five. So, um, and it does match up with what I'm seeing uh, right now, just watching the, the uh, I get my information from a, uh, it's called kingfish.io. It's a great website where they aggregate all the liquidations, which is where this blue box is right here. And so basically uh, I've been kind of calling for a fall down to this area. Now that is your 32. So, you know, if it was 32 to 37, what can be expected if price did settle in that area? And if um, you have to understand how to read gamma uh, as far as options are concerned, uh, dairy bit is where that is. And that actually is kind of for more of the adepts, but, to be able to look at the options in the gamma, which is basically future volatility, if that volatility were to drop off, then that churn would be very profitable in the altcoin market. So basically volatility would drop, price would range, and people would be very happy with like their Bitcoin position. They stop really being concerned about Bitcoin because they don't think it's going to go anywhere, and they'll start playing the altcoins. So that would possibly contribute to a smaller part, alt party. So. Um, but yeah, that's that's it, bro. Appreciate uh, you know you give me that uh, fundamental side. I'm hoping he got more. Absolutely, man. Well, once you stay up there, bro, I mean, we'll just uh, run down. Once you hang out with me and uh, we'll run down the gambit, man. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, you can be my co-host of the day, our special co-host of the day while uh, CJ's out. Um, There's big we, shoes to fill, bro. Yeah, it, I, I could barely walk and chew gum without this guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let's get into it, man. You know. You meant, you know, you, you brought up the whole entire uh, medical school thing, right? Did, did you hear, right? Because we're, we're, we're all saying this, right? You know, yesterday, uh, let me just gather my thoughts here for a second. Yesterday, I was thinking to myself, a phrase came into my head, crypto, right? And the, the, the phrase was, the, a fish rots from the head down. Right? Oh, my grandfather, he's a Sicilian. He says that. Hey, there you go. Forgot he says it. a fish stinks from the head. That's right. Crypto's the the Sicilian stallion, the Sicilian stallion, also the Italian scallion, right? That's right, <laughs> scallion. The scallion, Italian the scallion, Italian, the Italian scallion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I was thinking about that term. A fish rots from the head down, and I just realized yesterday, dude. Right? I, I was thinking to myself that. Some, you know, we have this image of, of, of American elites, right? We have this image of the elites that they're so elite, they're so above, they're so, you know, next level that they are gods among men, right? They're like the, the, the gods of Olympus, and we're just a bunch of peons and useless eaters, right? As, as they would like to give us that image. And it dawned on me. If you look at every aspect of American society, you look at the Fortune 1000, the Fortune 500, the Fortune 100. You look at every billionaire Western CEO and or business owner, somebody in the higher and upper echelons. Every There's a common theme, folks. Every single one of them are obsessed with wokeism. Right. And when you really study the wokeism, right, it is it is the eventual final uh, uh, um, evolution, so to speak. Right. Of neoliberal neo Marxist ideology that has infected all of them. 
And what I mean by that is this, right? I mean, we just had Kroger, the largest grocery store chain. Now, Crypto, I don't know if you have a Kroger out where you are, but they're all over the country, right? You yeah, they're, have... uh, it's a different name, but same company. Oh, there you go. So you have one of the largest chains in the United States, the largest grocery chain, all about the alphabet rainbow mafia community, right? And, and I was thinking to myself, there was a great article here by the American conservative that says, by Rod Dare. He says, I think it has been well established that the American elites have lost their collective mind. If you doubt it, check out Elizabeth Buring's long piece in The Atlantic about what's happened to Yale law professor Amy Chu. The title goes to the heart of the matter, the new moral code of America's elite. Think about this, right? It is more of the usual soft totalitarian crap that this time is playing out within Yale University itself. Now, you might be thinking, who cares about Yale? Well, here's what you should know. The people who graduate from Yale and other elite institutions, and now even not the not-so-elite ones, they're all saturated with this new moral code, which entails wokeness. They bring this moral code to the executive offices of major corporations, which is how we get to the supermarket workers having to receive ideological education in order to be qualified to stack a can of chicken of the sea on a shelf. My first paying job was working at a grocery store in my hometown. I loved it. I got I got to stock shelves on the cash register and got to uh, do a little bit of everything. Now, I could have not have imagined that one day working in a grocery store would require political re-education. Think about that. Folks, the American population, and I would sit there, and I, I, I Crypto, you hear, hear me yell about this all the time, you know, I would say the American population is so dumbed down. Like, what the what the hell's going on? Why are people so stupid? Why are people so engaged in debauchery and and the most banal of activities? And I realized that the American elites are literally creating the population in their own image. Because if you think that the woke Cameron, the purple hair beaver bumper, as Gus Demas would call them, right, is some woke nut job. Folks, you have to understand that the that these acolytes of this wokeness, that there is a prophet. There is a, a, a messiah of wokeness. There is a, a religion of wokeness. And that religion of wokeness is something that you can find contagiously rampant among Western elites. They've all become this way. That's why I said a long time ago, it's like, Dude, the, the elites of today and the elites of a couple of decades ago are too different. They are too different, right? You look at these guys. These guys are graduating from Yale, Skull and Bones, Scroll and Key, Wolf's Head, all this other, you know, elite fraternities and sororities. And they get into the corporate 500, the corporate 100, right? And then they get into government work, and they carry with them this religion of wokeness, this, this obsolete utopia that they've been crammed down their throat. And they're failing in everything else. Think about this. You already are being re-educated. 
you know, back in the 1920s when the Great Depression happened, there were bread lines. And I came up with the term back in 2012 that there's going to be electronic bread lines. You're not going to see it. You're not going to know the fact that your neighbor who's living next to you hasn't paid their mortgage in 10 months and has an EBT card. You will never know that they're on welfare. It's the electronic bread line. And likewise, we don't have re-education camps anymore. The communists don't use re-education camps. They use the HR office. And every single HR office and every single major corporation in this country is teaching wokeism, is teaching critical race theory. What are your thoughts on this, Cowboy? I mean, I know, I know you're, you're probably like astounded by this crap. Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, it, it's kind of like watching a train wreck in slow motion that you know is coming. Can't do anything about it. Well, I mean, you might be able to do something about it. But, I mean, I think that it's the slow march, dude. I mean, you're looking at uh, 1913. You have the uh, Income Tax Act and the Federal Reserve Act, which essentially created a monopoly for the dollar. So there's no competition for money. Um, and then you had, of course, uh, Bretton Woods, New Deal, uh, you know, what that cemented in as far as the reserve currency. Yeah, 1971, uh, we came off the gold standard officially, although I'm pretty sure we were off of it <laughs> before that very quietly. Uh, you know, the French kind of called us out on that because they uh, decided to go ahead and take everything in gold in the 70s. Nixon said, nope, no more. So, you know, the, the re-education or the, the education, as it were, um, 1979 is when I believe it was, is that Gerald Ford? Um, I think it was Ford back yeah, in those I days. It was. And basically my understanding is that that's when the uh, education system was nationalized. Um, it took a while to actually take effect because when I was in elementary school in the early eighties, uh, we literally <laughs> would march out in formation to do the flag ceremony. And I was the drummer. Like that was, I was in second first and third grade for that. So we were rather patriotic back then. It took some time. Um, but that's when I started seeing my teachers, you know, trying to push all this, you know, stuff that I, I didn't know why I didn't agree with it. I just didn't, you know, see why I should be giving my money away to other people. And I was too young to even have an income. And anyway, that's my, that, that was my path to like, what the F is wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, so, and I could go through the rest of that path, but suffice it to say, I'm, you know, none of it makes any sense to me, but you know, I don't like authority, so I guess I just don't believe everything I'm told. Call me crazy. <laughs> God forbid, right? God forbid. You know, it's amazing, man. It's, it, it's you know, just wondering about every single major U.S. corporation is going woke. Every single major U.S. corporation has, is infected with this cancer. American society is infected with this cancer, this virus that is spreading uh, throughout the minds and hearts and thoughts of people, literally cajoling their thoughts, their behaviors. Look at the military, the meaning of the woke military. This is uh, from the AmericanMind.org. When armed forces serve a global corporate agenda, it's no surprise that HR mandates are mission critical. When official Department of Defense spokesman attacked Tucker Carlson, who criticized the military's integration of, of, of diversity-centered staffing mandates, they exposed a crucial gap between what Americans believe their military to be and the true purpose of our trillion-dollar war machine. What is being interpreted as an escalation in culture wars is actually about how our regime perceives power itself. Now think about that for a second, guys, right? The corporate America, right? If you um, Follow me here, right? 
walk with me on this one. We have evolved in this country. The elites have completed their mission. They have completed their amalgam, which is the melding of government and corporate power in unison. That's what you have. And in every sector, you have a type of fascism, a corporatism, a, a what I like to call a cartelism in every industry. And they've completed this transformation where government and corporations walk in lockstep. And now, government, as well as the corporation, is starting this weird exchange. You know, before it was like an exchange. They have an open, uh, a revolving door. Lobbyists who lobby in one you know, industry will go work at the government and vice versa. It's a revolving door between corporations and politicians and whatnot. But now you look at it, right? The corporate Borg has taken over the United States government. It is, it, the, the, the completion is, is, is done. I think you can count on one hand how many politicians are actually re really resisting this and trying to fight for this, but it's a, it, it's a, it's a lost cause. Now, when you look at the U.S. military, as you look at any other corporation, because let's be honest here, the United States military is a corporation. HR decisions, human resource decisions, wokeism decisions, identity politics decisions, critical race theory decisions, all these social experiment decisions become part and parcel of the corporate culture. Because if we have a corporate America, which is the amalgam at this point of government and corporations, then the military is going to reflect that. The overburdened, stretched thin, overfunded, overbloated, overcorrupt military-industrial complex is going to reflect that. And what does that reflect? It reflects basically a design from the foundation to the topmost stone of absolute weakness. Folks, when you have a military made up of morons, led by idiots, filled by useless cannon fodder, you will not be the most greatest superpower in the world. When you have corporate America, which has literally, what wokeism does, it destroys talent. What wokeism does, it, it chases away creativity. What wokeism does is that it stifles and chokes innovation. And when you look at technology that is coming out of from other parts of the world, like Russia, like China, like South Korea and Japan, it is far exceeding anything that U.S. corporations are doing currently. Folks, think about it for a second. We're living in a society where the average American thinks a stupid Apple iPhone is an advanced computer device. That's where we are today. We're living in a country where the infrastructure is third world. And Crypto, I want you to chime in about this, man. You you brought up the infrastructure bill, and you caught something in there. Let's delve into that and how that pertains to, again, wealth extraction, how that pertains to 
corporatism, which is real fascism, and how that pertains to the loss of individual and sovereign rights, how you, my dear fellow citizen, are in competition with the state. Well, the concern is that so that there's this new quote unquote must pass infrastructure bill, right? Um, and the tweet here, and I, I can't, I'll see if I can bring it up while V's talking later. But basically, uh, Jake Chervinsky says, quote unquote, we're dealing with a serious situation in DC. Mm-hmm. As Jerry explains, the infrastructure bill has a provision that could be very bad for crypto, forcing non custodial actors maybe including minors, to comply with IRS tax reporting obligations. More on this when the bill is public. So basically what that leads to, and I'm not sure, you know, no one really knows yet because this is a think tank um, that Jerry Burrito actually works at. And, you know, he he dives a little bit deeper, um, basically saying that uh, the drafts that they're seeing, so the category of persons who could be obligated to report is so broad that it potentially covers persons who only provide software or hardware to customers and who have no visibility whatsoever into users' transactions. Um, so what that means is that, okay, so say you're like a miner, right? You would have to literally KYC anybody who deals with you and who you deal with. And uh, like DEXs, this might be included with DEXs. Mm-hmm. So DEXs, basically, they're decentralized exchange. This is uh, to, you know, how crypto is decentralized, tens of thousands of, oh, of yeah. miners, computers. So DEXs are the same thing where they're an exchange that is decentralized. Therefore, there's no one computer or one network that the governments can go after. And a DEX being decentralized has thousands and potentially millions of customers that under this law would potentially have to be KYC'd. Now, again, there's some caveats to that, um, but without getting too far into detail, I think what they really want is when I go into Starbucks to buy a cup of coffee, I have to pull down my pants and lift up my sack before I can like, so I could be identified to use my crypto to buy a cup of coffee. Basically. I think that's what they want. And I think there's a few baristas behind the counter that might not mind that. <laughs> oh, crypto cow pronoun. You are correct. <laughs> but, uh, it's an interesting point, right? You look, look at this infrastructure bill that is growing, right? It's about $3.4 trillion. It's going to go to $6 trillion. It's going to go to ten. It's going to go to $12 trillion by the time this damn bill is, is set upon. If you think they're, that the Republicans are they're fighting this, this, this uh, uh, infrastructure bill to make it more compliant and not bloated, no. They're fighting because they want to inject more pork. There's going to be a lot more pork injection, okay? Into this bill than you've than anything you've ever seen before, right? <laughs> a lot I'm more sorry. pork injection. Yeah, I know. You know, you and I, I get the idea. A pork injection. <laughs> it's a pork injection. That's what these politicians are doing. They want to inject their pork, their sausage, into this bill, right? That's what they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and and that's the only holdup. This is why this three three point four trillion bill is going to go back to five. It's going to go to six. It's going to go to eight. Might even reach twelve trillion dollars. Who gives a rat's? They'll say we could do a twelve trillion dollar uh, investment into our infrastructure. That would make us a forty two trillion dollar global economy. Remember, these fools count government expenditure as GDP growth. They count government expenditure as GDP growth. Think about that for a second. 
So if they if they stimulate, and they say, hey, you know what? Um, uh, uh, we spent twelve trillion. Oh, that's twelve trillion in growth. Our economy grew six percent this year. Wow, amazing! It's incredible. But of course, it, it you know it's all it's all fake. It's all fictitious. It's all funny money. But the, here's the point: after they inject all the pork, with very little actually going towards real infrastructure, maybe they'll build a road from. From uh, 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 some Timbuktu, Alaska to West Bumble Hoo-ha, uh, Kodiak Island somewhere. Where, a road that nobody tra- travels on. Maybe you might get a bridge. Maybe a little uh, paint job on the George Washington Bridge in New York. Maybe that. But in terms of real infrastructure, you'll get nothing. Because we have to remember this, folks. The system that you've been living in for the last several decades is in a terminal velocity. And when we say a terminal velocity, that means it is in a position, it is in either a rate of ascent or a rate of descent that it cannot be changed. That trajectory cannot be thwarted. It cannot be changed. It is going to hit with 100% 100 precision. This country is on a trajectory down. Number one. And these people that are in power, your ruling elites, your woke, decrepit, brain-rotted elites, the most craven criminals in human history, have decided to hoist this infrastructure bill, number one. And number two, they're doing everything they can to make it impossible for you to have any sort of a golden parachute. They're going to have a parachute. They're going to eject out of the system, but they want to make sure that it's extremely difficult for you because they want to take your parachute in the process. I've said it years ago. The only exploits the average American has is is precious metals, cryptographic currencies, right? And then what happened? Ever since I've said that several, several years ago, you've had the news titan, right? where the crypto industry was like, yeah, you know what, screw Wall Street, screw the City Lending Corporation, we're going to run out there, we're going to create our own decentralized systems and decentralized exchanges, and we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to create these amazing new, uh, uh, you know, fintech products, and we don't need the banks anymore, and then what happened, right? Laws and regulations and a couple of frauds and scams occurred, and a couple of Ponzi schemes, you know, popped, and then all of a sudden the crypto market starts running towards Wall Street, the last crypto convention I uh, that I attended prior to the 2020 you, the, the, you you I wanted to vomit why because every single person out there was talking about uh, this is going to be exciting because you know we're going to have Goldman Sachs Goldman Sachs is going to be investing with us okay so you've literally called the wolf not the fox but the wolf into the chicken coop that's smart Oh, this is wonderful because J.P. Morgan is going to be investing in, in us. And these idiots who started out as, hey, you know what, screw Wall Street, we're going to do our own thing, began to run towards the money powers. And the money powers are like, hey, this is great, wonderful. They started working with lawmakers to quickly and rapidly ratchet up the on-ramps into cryptos and the off-ramps into cryptos. What do I mean by that? Go ahead and try to put an order for, I don't know, Hey crypto, can you can can some <laughs> crypto? How about this? 
How long would it take if you were to put an order? Let's just say you open up an account at Coinbase. Can you put an order in for $50,000 worth of crypto and expect it to be delivered the same day to you from Coinbase? Oh, dude. I mean, I haven't used Coinbase <laughs> since 2017, but uh, my understanding is like it's a week before you can do any order. And yep. then you have to build up to 50,000 and it takes like, I think it takes several weeks. The answer is probably two months. I don't know, yeah. a month. Exactly. And then you're hit with fees and then you get hit with a, with a beautiful uh, W9 or 1099 on the way out saying uh, you, you've been pinged by the, uh, by the internal revenue and uh, you owe them X amount of money. Oh, they actually uh, they messed up when they first started sending the uh, the 1099k. Yeah. What they actually <laughs> what they did was people who bought more than twenty thousand got pinged. Yep. Not that they sold it; they didn't take profit. There was no taxable event, but they got pinged anyway. Yep. And you're on the radar. And the point and the, and the, and the crazy thing about the uh, uh, the way government works, whether they get something out of you or not, because on a technicality, if they ping you, you're always on their radar screen. You're always on their radar screens. They're going to be watching it. And they got some advanced software to watch it. So here's this is exactly what I'm saying. They control the on-ramps. They've created the regs where you want to put in a $50,000 order. You're waiting around for months. And in months, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going to get involved in Bitcoin. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a $9,000. Let me put the order in. fifty grand. How much could the price move in two months? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, if you want to look at the chart, uh, let's yeah. see. In two months, <laughs> from, let's go back to uh, to here. Percentage-wise, from September of 2020 to so, – well, I, I prefer like say October. You know, Let's make this kind of extreme. November 1st, price was 13000 In two months, it was literally almost three times that. Like <laughs> – so your cost basis was supposed to be like 9K, but yep. price goes up to 35,000, dude. Exactly. They make it impossible on the on-ramp to even acquire crypto. Then let's just say you become one of these crypto millionaires. I've, I've, I've encountered a few of them, right? They still don't get it. They're like, uh, they're, they're like, yeah, you know, I want to liquidate. I have uh, several million dollars in crypto and I want to like liquidate. Can you help me with that? I'm like, uh, well, you know, yeah, there's some institutions that deal with it. They, they could help you with that. Okay, great. Uh, what do you guys charge? And we tell them the feedback, like, oh my God, this is so absorbently high. I'm like, okay, then go pay 50% to the IRS and leave us alone. Yeah, because here's the thing. <laughs> if they liquidate on their own, they have a chance to actually mitigate those taxes legally. Because, you know, here we would never suggest not to pay your taxes, but at least if they are able to liquidate without going through a place like Coinbase, they're able to mitigate those taxes and report them properly instead of having a place like Coinbase just report, you know, $50,000. Exactly. And and here's the here's the other funny thing, right? They want a lot of these guys have, have created and this is what they're gonna be doing, and, and I even talked to John Singleton about this and uh yeah, I even caught him by surprise with this. And I said, John, the, the, the laws that are on the books, what they're coming for, especially these guys who are who are having LLC set up and this, that, and the other is it, it depending on the state you're in, especially if you're in a state like California, okay. If you have a California-based or a New York-based LLC or a New Jersey-based or an Illinois-based or a Colorado-based LLC, and you have, um, let's say you're taking some crypto profits, okay? If you don't have a, an MTL license, a money transmitter's license, oh, you're going to get dinged hard. Hard. Because now you're, because under the, under the SEC definition, right, 
it, you know, like I said, the IRS considers it property, the SEC considers it a currency, and the CFTC consider, considers it a commodity. Under those guidelines, you're now a money transmitter, and you're doing it illegally without a license is massive. Okay? So this is what I'm saying. I'm trying to I bring this up, and that, that noose is only going to get tighter. That's going to be pretty much countrywide for a lot of states as things go along, right? Yeah, they sent a guy to the big house for doing it. I think I think it was like fifteen hundred bucks. Like, they, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I forgot this. I, I, I don't know if that was uh, I don't know if that was Massachusetts or some other state. I don't. It was some liberal state. Yeah, they they threw a guy for fifty Connecticut, I think it was, for fifteen hundred bucks, and they said you don't have a money transmitter's license. I was like, but he's like, well, I didn't know I needed one. <laughs> Ignorance does not save you. So in other words, they've made the on-ramps difficult. They make the off-ramps difficult. That's why you got guys who are crypto millionaires. They can't liquidate. They're living in their mom's basement. They can't even buy a cup of coffee with their crypto. And unless you you know legitimate individuals in the in the OTC world, right, with legitimate institutions that play in that realm offshore out of the country, and that pool is getting smaller and smaller, you're screwed. And the reason why I bring that up is this. The final scam that the American system will bring upon you is going to be, hey, you know what? Um, you know, why own Bitcoin when you could own this wonderful Bitcoin ETF or this Bitcoin mus- or this crypto mutual fund? It's far more stable. It's far less volatile. And you have the trust and guarantee of U.S. institutions, which, by the way, the U.S. does not even make the top 50 list of, safe to- of safest banks in the world. There's not a single... American bank, I don't even think that that even breaks the top 50. That's pretty that's pretty scary. But 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 we should trust them. We should trust them. And they're doing this why? Wealth extraction. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. That's where we are in this financial realm. So all these nifty creative products that are coming, I'm thinking about it. They beat down the price, and all of a sudden, boom, another mutual fund. Boom, J.P. Morgan announces they're going to be allowing clients to buy crypto. Boom, Goldman. Boom, BlackRock. Boom, 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 boom. Everywhere you look, they're coming out with more and more crypto-based assets. And it's pretty funny. You know, they want the miners in in the U.S. to KYC. The exchanges, because it's going to be the majority of the exchanges that are going to be buying from the miners, right? And it's going to be a whole entire daisy chain that they're going to create of KYC and AML individuals and, and corporations and entities that they can track. Now, what type of miner? Like we've we just heard that there's a, there's some miners who have shut down in China. They're they're coming over to the U.S. They want to come over. One of them is like Canaan. Canaan is actually looking around for for uh, 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 land and development here in the United States. I know somebody who's very much connected to Canaan. They make the best mining rigs on God's green earth. Incredible. And um, they're going to come here to the U.S. And what does the U.S. want to do? Oh, yeah, we, know, we want you to KYC every exchange that you deal with. And Canaan's going to be like, uh, wh- what? You know, they're making it very difficult to do business here. Why? Because they're all, the politicians are all in on the take. But you know who doesn't 
have to be KYC'd or who's ever, if they do KYC, they'll never be questioned about it. Their doors will never be knocked down. Their, you know, their offices will never be breached. Their databases will never be taken. They'll never be raided. It's going to be Wall Street. Wall Street's going to make a killing on crypto, folks. Wall Street's going to make a killing on it. And also, with you know, the, <laughs> gold prices are set to go up. But you won't have access to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that gold is uh, $5,000 an ounce right now, Mr. Jones. But uh, here's what we suggest. Uh, here's this gold ETF. This is the newest one out. But but there's several other gold ETFs that you've had in the past. No, no, no. Forget the past ETF. This is the newest one. Look, look. It's also valued at 5000 and you can trade it. It's more profitable. Uh, so can I take delivery of the gold if I wanted to sell? Uh, no, 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 Mr. Jones. You, you have to understand. This ETF doesn't guarantee you any sort of delivery of any sort of gold. Okay, but is this ETF even backed by gold? Uh, well, maybe a little bit. Uh, okay, but that little bit that's backed by gold, is that in a segregated, allocated? Notice I use the word segregated. Segregated allocated account? Uh, no, it's in a pooled account with us and other fine institutions. We have the uh, same amount of gold, and, and you don't have to worry about that. And there's not going to be no run on gold. All right, sure, I'll take it. I'll take. I'll, I'll take a thousand shares, please. And you got smart people to do that. The last genius who did that was Stanley Drunken Miller. Remember that Drunken Miller drunk did this several years ago. He goes, I'm into gold. I'm moving heavy into gold. And a lot of people in the gold market are like, wow, Stanley Drunkenmill, the amazing investor, is buying gold. And I started, I fell off my chair laughing, spitting my coffee on my computer screen. I was like, what an idiot. He's like, V, why are you calling Stanley Drunkenmill an idiot? He's a fucking moron. He bought ETFs. He's in the buying physicals. Folks, it's about keeping the con going. It's crazy. Crypto, your thoughts? Of course, yeah. The what they uh, what they want to do is to chase you away from the underlying asset to play in their paper game, so that they could basically, <clears throat> excuse me, they could basically rehypothecate whatever they can financialize. So let's just say you put in, I don't know, ten thousand dollars into their ETF. They're going to rehypothecate that ten thousand dollars, which will then be re rehypothecated, and you're just going to contribute to the. Yeah, I mean, how big yeah. is the the derivatives market right now? Oh, dude, it 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 it's still in the quadrillions. <laughs> it's yeah. So think about that. Like that, you're just going to contribute to that, and you know that's. Uh, I mean, hey, you know, if you like to go paper, then why not? I think ETFs are great. Um, you know, as long as you're educated on them. Uh, you know, in the end, if things fall apart, you're not going to have the value. That's right. You know, things will collapse. ETFs will deflate. I mean, that's that's kind of an emergency scenario. But from what I'm seeing lately, uh, that type of scenario is not unrealistic. So, you know, I personally prefer I have precious metals, I have family that you know, I don't vault it at home. I got, I got family. I trust to vault it. Obviously, I like cryptocurrency. Um, you know, if you're just going to play the paper game, that's great, except for if that all falls apart. And I think that might be the danger. So that's my uh, that's my two sats on it. Yeah, and, and and it is falling apart, man. That's the that's the whole entire thing. It's the whole entire thing is is falling apart. The system is 
is screeching to a halt. And already, you know, it's it's pretty funny. I, I told a few colleagues of mine back in New York, hey, um, guys, I got a little birdie telling me that come the fall, New York is going to go back into the lockdown. So it was L.A., so it was more, most of California again. And so it was uh, Illinois. And, 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 and sure as shit, that's exactly what's going to happen. Right now, people say the you know the 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 cardboard cutout in chief is going to try and lock down the entire country. He's not going to, folks. You got to understand, in order to economically wreck this country, you just need to shut down a handful of states, right? Because whether you hate them, whether you like it or not, and I I I, I sure as shit hate hate these damn states, right? New York, you shut down New York, you shut down California, you shut down Chicago the country on a financial sense from a financial perspective implodes right you're you you're gonna you can create enough economic havoc by taking new york offline by taking california offline by taking chicago offline and as much as we all hate all the all three of those places that's all what is needed to create enough damage within the economy, economically speaking, that it will reverberate into the negative feedback loops, and until the other states can shore up actual physical industry, nothing is going to save them. Now, there are states that actually still have physical industry. They will be the ones that will survive what is to come. But this is exactly what's happening, man. It's it's incredible to witness this. It's incredible to see where all the stuff is going, cowboy. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm actually in uh, L.A. right now uh, visiting family. And, uh, yeah, they, they've reinstituted the, uh, the mask mandate, although the sheriff here, um, he's a decent fellow. He's not going to enforce it. I've been to three restaurants. Nobody's enforcing it. But, uh, you know, come the fall, the Delta variant or whatever, you know, whatever reason they use, they're going to start clamping down on it hard. Uh, I got out of California uh, earlier this year, I went to a very deep red state. We have a physical economy. A lot of food is produced where we are. Um, so I think it's going to boil down to that. And if it gets that bad, then basically having uh, an underlying asset is going to serve you in that physical economy. So, you know, your your ETF paper that evaporates into nothing is not going to help you when you need to go buy some beef. <laughs> you know, like, I, I like to so, buy yeah. some cattle with some my, uh, my – I have a gold ETF. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to buy some Beyond Burger with my gold ETF. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, CJ sent me a, a picture of uh this Beyond uh sausage, right? I, I, I have to show it to you. This is hilarious. I, I, you got to see this. This is the most craziest thing I've ever v, seen. Are you trying to show me your Beyond sauce? No, 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 no. This is this is so funny. You're gonna love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up on my email and uh you'll see what I'm talking about. This is absolutely hilarious. Um then we'll, then after this we'll uh we'll close out the show. It's so freaking funny. You gotta see this on my screen. Well why while you're bringing that up, yeah, um, there's a channel on YouTube called What I Learned. And it has two different videos on how the argument that beef is like ruining the environment is completely. It is. Uh, it's completely, completely erroneous. Yeah. Like, I mean, it goes, it, it even talks about how cattle are farmed on uh, non arable land, which is like two thirds of the farmland out there, which you can't even grow crops on. It's, it's a great video. <laughs> Look at this. See, this is, this is, this is what a tranny's wiener looks like. 
Look at this. Oh, I'm going to vomit, dude. Beyond sausage, every vegan man's dream. Dude, I think this this gives, gives Klaus Schwab like a nice stiff one, dude. Yeah, yeah. Klaus is like, oh, I will love this. Yes, I will have this sausage and I will be happy. Uh, I will eat this snitcher groupin in the mirror. <laughs> I will watch myself as I swallow it whole. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> the, the, it's <laughs> <laughs> beyond sausage. You're gonna make this up, man. Beyond sausage. <laughs> you ever see the picture of when Loretta Bobbitt chopped off her head? Yeah. Oh That's God. what it looks like. <laughs> and what did you do exactly, Miss Bobbitt? I threw it out the window as I was driving. Yeah, you know what uh, John Wayne Gacy said to Lorena Bobbitt? What? She's, you you gonna eat that? Uh, oh. <laughs> Wait, is that no, no, that was that was. Oh uh, no, shit, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> I get my serial killers mixed up. But I can't. <laughs> anyway, folks, we're at the end of the show. Uh, thank you for listening in. Make sure you subscribe, cr- subscribe, like, comment, and share. Tomorrow, El Cuco will be back. Uh, we have uh, uh, Vela's on tomorrow, and no, no, Vela's won't be on tomorrow. He's on vacation. We'll have Harley Chilang around tomorrow, um, and uh, I guess we'll rock it out at eleven a.m. Uh, solo. Uh, with the uh, me and CJ, crypto pronoun. Thank you, crypto pronoun, for joining us, bro. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And with that being said, folks, we are over and out. <laughs>